0: This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives, dreamers, and entrepreneurs online. I'm your host, Sarah Tasker, a certified coach specializing in creative business and all things related to social media and the digital realm. This is episode number 107. Hello, wonderful humans. How are you all doing this week? I have been busy, maybe a bit busier than I was supposed to be. I'm really trying to pace myself, but I get carried away very easily. So somehow this week, it's been like two Instagram lives, one with the wonderful women from the Good Ship Illustration and one with today's guest, in fact, Jessica Rose Williams. They've both happened now, so I can share the links with you in the show notes if you want to go and catch up on those conversations. I also had my Twitter chat, the Insta chat, that's back now. So if you want to join us for that, that's always a really fun hour. And the next one will be next month. And I've been writing emails and I've been on Instagram and I've been launching the Insta retreat. So yeah, it's all go again. And Apparently I only have two modes, on or off, still working on finding that in-between spot. One thing that came up in the conversation you are about to hear with Jess and also in our Instagram Live together was that we first met when she took the Insta retreat and I was thinking afterwards, like, do people think I only interview people who took my Instagram class? I swear that's not intentional, but of course what happens is through that class I get to meet so many amazing creative people and get to know their work and then from that class they go on to do amazing things and so it's really fun to kind of catch up with them a year or two or three later and find out how they've transformed their life and how Instagram has become an integral part of their business. So Jess took I think one of my very very first Insta retreat classes which must have been about 2017, 2016, somewhere around then. And since then, she has gone on to build a beautiful brand for herself. She's a writer, she's a photographer, a blogger, a YouTuber, and now a published author. Her book, Enough could not come at a better time for me and I suspect for a lot of you guys too so I'm really excited for you to hear what she has to share with everyone and seeing as it's mentioned I should let you know that the insta retreat is enrolling right now for our January class it's going to be starting in a little bit over a week so there's just enough time for you to hop in if you want to join us The Retreat is a six-week program that is designed to be the only Instagram class you'll ever need. But instead of focusing just on the strategies and the how-tos, we also dig into the mindset side of it. If you're feeling overwhelmed or anxious or afraid or stressed about Instagram, you're not going to be able to show up. You're not going to want to open the app and you're not going to be creating the results that you need in there. My mission is to remind everyone of how joyful Instagram can be and give you the permission you need to show up as a whole human with all the different facets of you and stop trying to squeeze yourself into someone else's formula and someone else's box. If that sounds like what you might need, come and check it out. The link is in the show notes or you can just head to my website meandorla.co.uk and you'll be able to see the Insta Retreat banner there. Jess has kindly agreed to be one of our special guests in this Insta retreat as well, so she'll be in there answering some of your Instagram questions and maybe your YouTube and video questions too. And I also have a couple of other extra special guests lined up for this round too, so you can find more details on the website. Okay, enough sales pitch from me,
1: let's hear from Jess.
0: Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: It is so long overdue, we've been saying we'll do this. So many times, and it's we've always got too busy talking and never managed to record one.
1: I know we've been planning to do this literally for I'm gonna say years, it's
0: years, it's years, but we just had a lot to talk about. So today perfect. we're gonna to record the talking, finally. <laughs> well, and we have the perfect reason to because your book is just about to come out. When's it due? due it's like a baby,
1: me. I know. <laughs> yeah. It is due to be birthed on the 11th of January. Very so next soon. Next week as we're recording this. Yeah,
0: so when it comes, when this episode airs, it'll probably be just out in the world, I imagine.
1: Oh, how exciting and scary all at the same time. Tell us about the book. Uh, the book is, oh my gosh, it's such a huge question when you spend like such a long time Yeah. <laughs> Um, which I'm sure you'll understand. So the book is called Enough and it's about learning to simplify life, let go, and walk the path that's truly ours, is the official line. Um it's basically a mix of like how-to slash memoir. Mm, basically I love that combo. It's, yeah. It's it's my, my story about how I learned to let go of so much physical and mental stuff and how good that was for me and it all comes down to finding our own version of enough but ultimately how that is all based on being enough right now as we are. It sounds
0: like I love the way you've brought all of those things together. In my head I've never really tied them all together but they are linked that yeah. trusting in enough trusting that you have enough that there'll be enough in the future huh? and how that applies to you as a human
1: yeah and it really it kind of goes on a it get well it is it does follow a, a personal journey which is which is mine and that's really what I wanted to do I didn't want to just write another book on minimalism because mm. I've been do that before and I just don't think there's anything that I can offer in terms of advice that hasn't you know already been written but my own personal story is what makes it unique basically and I know that I just get so much out of reading someone else's story as opposed to the prescriptive how-to it just adds a different dimension to things and it really yeah it really follows that um you know starting with all the very basic but super important decluttering and finding your own style, which if you remember, can you remember when I came around and we did all your wardrobe?
0: Yes, I do remember. We should talk oh about God. that, actually. It was
1: such a good day. Um, going through all of that stuff and all everything that that learned. So it's split into three parts. It's enough. Hang oh on, um, <laughs> <laughs> I should know this off the top of my head. There were so many words. I've lost a few. Um, it's split into three parts, which is enough stuff, enough space, and then enough within. So it follows a very you know going on the on the deeper the deeper journey as as time progresses yeah
0: starting with the external and slowly moving in
1: exactly that yeah
0: and we should say rewind that a step and say how did this book come about like talk about your work and what got you to where you are now
1: so my work really did start off the back of this massive lifestyle change that I went on when I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 25 and had an existential crisis Mm. and a lot of death anxiety oh my gosh the emphasis on the word death then (laughs) I had a lot of death (laughs) yeah it was intense um again this is all in the book um and I just made this promise to myself that I wasn't going to do what wasn't meaningful to me anymore and I just wanted to expel all that stuff out of my life because I just I just had this horrendous dawn over me that if the worst had happened I would have had so many so many regrets and granted Mm. I was 25 I wasn't supposed to have my life all together by that point but it just it shone a light on how much was not right and how much people pleasing i was doing and yeah. how little i actually knew myself how i was chasing all the wrong things looking to fill this void and it was never being filled with consumerism and stuff and yeah so that was that was huge so i started making loads and loads of changes decluttering like a crazy lady um and then i started writing about it and you know it, it sort of came around to my career and i was working in the nhs at the time and realized I hated my job I already knew that but um yeah it was like I, I just I can this cannot be it for me forever I can't do this 95 mm. for the next you know 40 years it will it will literally drain the lifeblood out of me and I'd always wanted to start a blog and do something creative and I'd always followed that and it was, you know, it was a really exciting time in our industry because people were actually starting to make this a thing. So kind know, of let's, let's to... put this
0: on a timeline. What kind of year is it when you're 25?
1: Back, um, Ish. 2012, Yeah.
0: 13? So kind yeah. of around the time you took the Insta retreat?
1: No, that came later. Because I started, yeah, so I started the blog, took the leap, started doing that, writing about, all the changes that i'd been making and how it affected me and general life to life stuff and it took off like people started reading it and i couldn't really understand why but they did and that was really really exciting um and i thought okay i want to start taking this more seriously like i want this to be a thing for me i really want to try and make something out of this and that's when i took the um the insta retreat and that's where we met
0: and that is where we met. And it's been yeah. so fun to watch just how everything has carried on evolving and growing and exploding for you since then. Yeah. And so now you have the blog, obviously, and mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful Instagrams in the world.
1: Oh, definitely, that is a huge compliment. Thank you very much. And You taught me everything I know.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure I can take the credit. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I did. By my course you. and you too
1: will be... Yeah. <laughs> um and that course taught me so much more than instagram though so much more what has the insta retreat oh really oh gosh yeah it's like a foundation like if you you know you're wanting to do anything online wise it should be you know it's your abc i still go back to it all the time literally weekly i have it on my shortcuts and i'm constantly back in there
0: I love and I did that. It, what, like four, four, five years ago now? Yes. Well, yes. and but I do keep updating it, so there's always a new surprise. You do, <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> what's new now? Oh, Instagram four
0: keep weeks. changing, so they're keeping me on my toes with it. But okay. I, I do remember seeing a photo from you, you on your Instagram a few years ago, and you had like your Insta retreat mood board on the wall of your work really? area, and I was like, she's still using it. It makes me so happy yeah. when I see yeah. it
1: being oh, useful. See. Yeah, no, absolutely love it. Go back into it all the time. Um, but it, you know, it's really, like you said about YouTube, like that was something that I ventured into the last, I think I started that two years ago. Mm. Um, and it helped me with, it's helped me with all of that as well. It's just, it's helped me with, with so, so much. I'm eternally grateful to you for, for making that course.
0: Well, I'm so glad you took it because we wouldn't be here talking now. We wouldn't have met, well, maybe we would have done, but it definitely brought us together and I guess what you're kind of saying and it's something I always say in the class is like the fundamentals of doing stuff well online don't really change that much with the platform it's about having something worth saying being a real human and connecting
1: yep 100% and that works yeah you're right you're totally right that works across everything for me it's about like trying to create the best content that I can whether mm. that's you know valuable in, well valuable in whatever way it can be to people and then building these relationships with people that you just wouldn't otherwise we've talked about this so many times just connecting with like-minded souls that you know typically geographically that's how our friends were mapped out for us isn't it and the people we've come into contact with but now We have access to all these amazing people and we can finally feel like there's somewhere where we do, where we do belong, where we can share actual feelings and emotions with people over the internet, which gets such a bad rap. And it annoys me so much because if you, I think it just comes down to being in those awkward teenage years, as it's called, where we're still finding out like how to use it and how it's good and bad. But there is just so much good to be to be had on there, especially as someone who lives in quite an isolated place community where you just you know, I don't have that like London lifestyle where I can Yeah, that diversity of thoughts yeah, and that yeah. I can share that with. So it's just it's it's a real it's a real window to me. And I think well I know that my work has been has been the same for for other people and it's so amazing how how we can we can all come together and and share. It's a beautiful, beautiful
0: thing. I wholeheartedly agree, and it's so vital, especially you know that journey you describe of kind of having that wake up moment where you realise you're not being who you are, and so often that's because we, especially when we're young, we're kind of a result of like the people we hang out with and the influences that we're exposed to, and the internet gives us an opportunity to like intentionally choose those influences instead of them just being the default of well you live near me so I guess I'll be the same yeah. as you
1: and that was something that I, that I personally went through um you, you, oh, you and you're so easily influenced as a young person aren't you by yeah. school culture and family dynamics and um, magazines the, and like
0: the media back then was very narrow wasn't it there was yeah,
1: the, the shows that were on yeah. at the time. Um, and I went through this personally where I, you know, did a huge declutter of my social media and what that personally meant to me and how, you know, I only wanted to follow people that added some sort of value to, to my life and to, cause we, you know, we are what we consume is, is what yes. I think. And we have control over that and that can be difficult because it, it, you know the whole thing with minimalism I think and simplifying life is it comes down to learning to use the word no Mm. that's the bare bones of it it's learning to use the word no to create boundaries to protect yourself to nurture what's good and what's meaningful to you and that can be really really hard because it means either unfollowing people especially if it's people that you know or using the good old mute button (laughs) yes yeah slightly slightly quiet no a whispered no yeah (laughs) um but it just it makes such a huge difference and we have this incredible power if we're willing to take it back to create something that's so inspirational and good for our mental health if if we allow it online just by who we we follow and the content that we ingest.
0: Yeah, and and that gives us back the power, whereas so much of the narrative about social media feels powerless. And there are places, obviously, like Facebook algorithms and even Instagram algorithms to an extent, take that power away from us by forcing things in front of our faces, whether we like them or not. But the places where we can be intentional, it's really important to stay mindful of that and, and be intentional and not kind of just throw up our hands and be like, well, you know, Social media is bad for me, so I guess I'll either just delete it or accept it's terrible for me and feel awful.
1: Yeah, and I think that black and white thinking is is huge right now, but I think eventually people will will realise that there's a whole spectrum in between if, like you said, we are just more intentional and just ask a few more questions like, how does this account make me feel? Does it inspire me? Does it make me feel good? Does it make me feel bad? and act on that don't just take it like stand up and either unfollow or or keep keep following and and look for more because it can oh I just social media does have such a huge impact on us and I think that it can impact us in a much better healthier way if we learn how to use it properly
0: I think as well maybe one of the reasons that we're able to kind of keep sight of that very easily is Because we were lucky enough to be around when it was just positive, you know, in the early days when like blogging, you didn't follow a blog of someone you hated. You wouldn't dedicate time to reading a blog that made you feel bad. You just didn't. So it was a positive thing. It was an amazing thing. And you had that experience similar to me, similar to so many people of being like, oh, my God, people actually give a shit about what I'm saying. I can't believe it. I found people who care. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: and now it's so much more, there's so much more pressure. We In those days, we had no expectations of it. We had no expectations of audiences or of ourselves. And it is hard to get back into that mindset, especially, I think, if you didn't have that freedom and that joy at the beginning to kind of use as a compass to keep steering you back in that direction.
1: Yeah, and it's really hard because if you are wanting to start a blog or anything online and, like... <laughs> in the early days there wasn't much advice on like how to do it whereas now there's an abundance of advice and it's so most most of it is so mechanical and heartless and emotionless it's just it's awful
0: it asks Um, you to be a machine completely yeah the instagram advice out there and the people who come to me now who are like i've done all these instagram courses and i can't sleep and i can't go on instagram without having a panic attack and i don't blame them because it's it asks more than we're made for and it strips all the joy away.
1: Yeah, definitely. Whereas, oh my gosh, give me those early Instagram days back.
0: I remember literally Googling for Instagram advice in those early days and there was like two
1: results on Google (laughs) and both of them
0: were really bad and just very scant on information and I was like, I could do better than this and so I did.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: There's so many like areas I <laughs> want to dive into of everything you just sort of said in your introduction so one of the things you kind of briefly touched on um as you were sort of talking through all of that is your own journey and I know obviously I know kind of personally and also from your social media you've been quite open about the journey you've been going on personally in the last couple of years which seems like it's been another metamorphosis is that the word Where you turn into a butterfly I got the word right <laughs>
1: It's don't feel like don't feel like a butterfly just yet but what a wonderful thought thank you for putting that in my head
0: and your wings are just drying out in the sunshine they just oh. need they just need a little bit of time don't um, you
1: make me want to cry
0: i believe it i wholeheartedly believe it you've done it once why 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 ever would you believe you couldn't do it again and i guess like there's so much we could talk about here, but one of the things that I found really inspirational, and in fact, it's been one of the reasons in the industry I'll quite often use you as an example at the moment. People have this conception that we have to be perfect online and that showing any sign of like weakness or pain or, you know, life difficulties is going to somehow turn everybody off and we're going to lose what we've got and no one's going to want to buy from us or be interested in us or whatever it is we're trying to achieve online and on paper like your life is so perfect you you take these beautiful pictures you know you have this amazing eye for interiors and for clothing and you know you you live in this gorgeous part of England and I think a lot of people probably would have assumed that you just had no problems ever in your whole life everything was perfect (laughs) and then you opened up about things not going according to the perfect plan over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah Um, so I separated from my husband just over a year ago now which is probably a good example of life not going as um you know as you planned it as as you expected and yeah it's been it's been a really really rough rough time um I mean the perfection thing that you you touch on is so so true and I think that so many of us who put ourselves in a vulnerable position which putting yourself out there online is vulnerable right like yeah. you don't know what's going to come back it's a vulnerable thing to do it's a very scary thing to do and, and there I think are assholes protect... everywhere including oh my internet. gosh there are so many <laughs> out there like <laughs> loads of them um and I think it's it's a protection thing you know we want to protect ourselves And I am a chronic perfectionist and I always have been and it's only in the last year two years that I've really realized that that comes from a place of of pain Mm. of people and a fear of going back to the enough thing of not feeling enough as as myself with all my with all my crap and core wounds and horrors and traumas that that I've been through especially when I was when I was younger in my childhood so if you make everything look perfect no one sees What's really underneath right yeah, yeah exactly that was, that was my little game plan and I got re- I learned how to get really good at that really young yes um because I couldn't deal that if, yeah if you relate to that if, if you know what I'm talking about you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about <laughs> um it was a protection thing to avoid the pain of reality and I've always strived for that perfection and I think that still shines through in my work now, but it's it's also a good thing as well as a bad thing. Cause I I do like beautiful things and I do want a beautiful life. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No. And that's, that's fine. It's okay to live in that, that fantasy world. There's nothing, there's nothing too wrong with that. Um, but when it comes down to sharing online, people don't connect with perfection in the same way that they cope with being broken and in, the same way that they connect with pain yes because that's real yes and we're all broken and we're all in pain and like that's just part of being human yet we have these um you know these surface conversations when we first meet about oh what do you do and oh how many children have you got Mm -hmm. what school do they go to and all the blah 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 rubbish that we put this silly metric system on of what actually matters in life when it doesn't and that is no way to connect to, as opposed to sitting down with someone and being like, What's your pain? How are you broken? What crap yeah. time the, you stuff in? The, yeah, the stuff away. that we jump to in conversation straight away. You no, and I stuff. just go to straight away. <laughs> and that's why we feel so connected to one another. Um, and it works exactly the same online as I was talking about earlier yes. with you can you know you can connect with someone emotionally online, but in order to do that you have to put some of yourself out there and I've always tried to be quite open with that but I've taken it to a new level this year and I've had to like my thing is to be honest and open with people and yes it all looks pretty on the surface but captions and words are always very 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 real and vulnerable and I guess that's my own little way of trying to trying to balance things um
0: was there a part of you When it first all unfolded, that was like, I just don't want to tell anyone about this. I imagine there was, because that's quite
1: a normal thing. There was quite a prolonged period of time where I legitimately thought, I'll just go back to the house and film. Oh, my God. And take pictures there. Just
0: pretend. Yeah. Can you imagine how painful and traumatic it would have been to force yourself through that? And I was
1: so close to doing it, and I thought, I really like had to sit down with myself and be like, Jess, you, you need to start asking yourself some questions. If... And it, it really opened up my mind about my work and how much of my identity was wrapped up in that life at yeah, that house. Yeah.
0: Which is a trap we're all going to fall into, I think, doing this kind of work. Yeah.
1: yeah. And how, oh my gosh, well, if it's not all in a beautifully designed house decorated house it just won't work it's like no and it, it was actually through opening up and I just sat down and did a quite a simple video just telling people what happened and the comments just broke me they yeah. absolutely broke. Me. they were like we don't care where you are oh my gosh get so yeah, no I am too It really hurt me because we don't care where you are we're, we're not here for your house the clothes like we're you know we're here for you for and what, what you want to say it's like,
0: oh my god it's the thing that most of us have probably spent our whole life wanting someone to say to us actually <laughs> yeah. and it's so funny that our brains try and trick us into believing that that's not what it's about that people are only there for the perfect pictures or mm-hmm. yeah the perfect house or whatever it is and that revealing any sense of vulnerability will destroy it when in fact it's the thing that glues it all together
1: it's what glues everything together and that is the the fact that I could transition my work is me reaping the rewards of that vulnerability. Like although yes, everything looks perfect on the surface, the captions, the words, what I do actually share is me and is, you know I am vulnerable. I feel like that is what has enabled me to transition quite smoothly because if it was just pictures of this perfect house and the real personality or person, or human there if that all changed people would they what else is there
0: yeah they they would have been attached to the house because there was nothing else on offer yeah completely and and that's like even when people say oh well I'm, I'm always going to do this like I only want my account to be about my craft or whatever it's like but yeah. you don't know like 10 years from now what you'll be doing you could find a completely different passion that you want to bring people with you like just having that expansiveness to whatever you create online, for me it's like a really logical decision, but it's also a really fundamentally like rewarding, it makes that whole process really gratifying and really nurturing for you and for other people.
1: Absolutely. And I remember that being one of the big things that attracted me to you and your course about how we're not looking for, you know, huge growth at any cost we're looking for slower growth and in sharing different aspects of ourselves as purely going for that niche account and just you know getting as many as many new followers as possible because yeah that that works great for a while but you don't know what's around the corner you might have a an illness diagnosis where you can't do what you're doing anymore or you know there's so many things could change you as a person, you're always going to be you. Yes. That will that will actually, well, you'll change and evolve, obviously, but the fundamentals, the core of what that is, people can follow that no matter what. And that's worth slowing down for.
0: Definitely. People connect with people. That's Absolutely. always going to be true.
1: Yeah. What would you say, though, to
0: people who say, I'm a private person and I don't want to have to like air my problems on the internet in order to sell my products
1: i actually think that's a good way to approach things because there's nothing worse than i don't want to call it false vulnerability but yeah. false vulnerability yes. which is a thing at the minute and it feels icky we can I you can smell it like i have this thing that the energy that we put into something i guess this is what this is what art is and what we're all doing online at the minute in my opinion is art it's just a different form of it yeah but the energy that you put into something transfers to that other person. They can feel what what you put into that, and if you're doing it falsely or just because you think you should, that's going to transfer into your work, and that is not is not going to end well. So I think it's good that you that you know that, um, and I think don't do things before you're ready. But again, try and step away from the black and white thinking and find something that you are maybe comfortable with. And I think that the more you get to know people that are interested in your work, the more it feels human and the more comfortable you are having having conversations. Definitely, yeah. Just take it steady. Like, you don't have to go all in with this. Dive
0: straight into the childhood trauma no. with your first no. post. <laughs> no, it never even has to be mentioned it's not comfortable but you might want to talk about burning the toast this morning and see how that goes yeah and it it is because it's not vulnerability just for marketing's sake I think as well like there's definitely yeah well that's it it's like a trend trend. well, well because it can't be good for the people who feel like they're having to do it against their own wishes and it's not great for us as consumers of that content, because I do think we, like you say, we can sense it. We can we we soak it in, and it might not even be something tangible that we could ever name. But you can feel the different vibes from those two captions, mm. or however it's presented. But it's vulnerability. So, go on, sorry. I was just gonna say it's it's not vulnerability for vulnerability's sake. It's sorry, it's not vulnerability for marketing's sake. It's vulnerability for the sake of human connection and for the desire to get something more out of your social media than purely just an ad. Because if you just want an ad, just pay for a Facebook ad. Like, that's always going to be quicker. That's <laughs> always going to yeah. convert.
1: Definitely. And we have so little training in vulnerability. Like, we've only just got Brene Brown, for goodness sake.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank goodness. <laughs> she, she took her time but she's here now.
1: Absolutely. Thank goodness we've got her now. But we have so much to, to learn about it. And I I always follow this rule where i try not to share something until i'm through the other side same yeah um i've had to breach that a little bit this year because it's gone on for so long (laughs) people are like where are you (laughs) um but yeah and that feels like a good safe healthy kind of kind of rule because that's the last thing that we need is everyone just losing losing it on the internet (laughs) (laughs) that that is i mean, I mean it might make a good reading for some people but it's a scary <laughs> scenario. yeah
0: and, and i think that's true as well like a lot of the time when people do say to me like maybe in a coaching call in the insta retreat they might say i'm a really private person i don't want to share when we dig a little bit deeper there's the things that they want to keep private which is absolutely fine and should be kept sacred but there's also a lot of protectiveness and defensiveness and there's things that they could be sharing quite easily but they're not because they're scared someone will steal it or someone will copy something or someone that they used to know at school will judge it and for me I always kind of bring it back to like are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it to please other people because if you're Protecting yourself and saying, I don't want to share that, it doesn't feel right for me, then that's clean and that's appropriate and that's a good boundary. But if you're like, I want to share this, but I'm not going to let myself because someone somewhere might have a thought I don't like about it, then that's something that probably has room to be worked on purely because, like you said, we don't want to be living our lives just to try and
1: appease everybody else. No, definitely not. I've never got that whole fear of copying thing or people stealing stuff because i never thought my work was like worse copying if anyone did that i'd just think oh wow that's (laughs) such a compliment thank
0: you i think it's especially common with like bothered me um, like makers who've got a specific technique
1: makers feel that much much more
0: but even then it you know It's that realization that no one can be you. Even if someone copied every single facet of what you do, they're always going to be at least two steps behind you because they're having to watch what you do next in order to make the next step.
1: Absolutely. Um, And I think, again, that also comes down to a bit of a lack of self belief and and monotonous, doesn't it? Because you should think in an ideal world, you'd think, well, so what? Have a good go. You'll never be
0: the original and especially if you're showing Which up as a won't. whole human yeah then there's no way anyone else can replicate that but if you are only about the thing that you make then it i think it does feel more vulnerable because that's you feel like that's the only thing people like you for
1: yeah definitely i have this theory though that like or maybe it's just because this is how i feel but i think that as as humans and if we're talking about bringing humanity into you know, business and, and online work. I think secretly, deep, deep down, we all want to feel seen. Yeah, I agree. Why else would we be doing it, right? <laughs> Why No. Especially when you think about the the genre and the, the industry that we're in of creativity and art. I think I think that is what we all we all do really, really want. So but it it's a scary thing to do and that's understandable and I think you have to you know, you have to find your way with it. If Jess, who started her blog in 2017, had read my most recent blog post, she'd have had a stroke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've come a long way since the beginning yeah. in terms of what I'm comfortable sharing. And she you would have literally run and hid.
0: You didn't do that by just ripping off the band-aid. You did it no. by taking really small incremental steps and feeling safe in that place and then moving next to the next safe like, place.
1: Yeah, it's all an experiment, isn't it? What you're you're comfortable with. And I think there's a bit of a worry that, oh, if I'm vulnerable once, then that's what I have to do all the time. And it's not, and I said that in my most recent blog post when I really did open up about a lot of stuff. I said, I don't want this to define me or my online work, but I just want to give you a glimpse of what I am dealing with behind the scenes of what you do see.
0: Yeah, and also vulnerability isn't inherently about negative things it can be about things no. that we're going through but it can also be like one of my best performing posts ever was when I talked about the first year I'd made like more than 200k and I wasn't yes. I wasn't there was no woe is me I was like guys can you believe this yeah but it was vulnerable like it felt frightening to even admit it I had all my own baggage behind the scenes about like yeah whether I deserve money and all of that mm-hmm. stuff so it was still you really vulnerable. a few bad reactions
1: to that as well yeah but an
0: overwhelming positive reaction of course the bi- exactly. reactions, to the ones I focused on at the time <laughs> of course yeah of course um but yeah I, and that's the thing like vulnerability can be a positive or a negative thing it's just about being really honest about the human experience in a way that we're trained from a very young age not to be especially not with strangers especially not in public
1: yeah and you'll You'll never control what what other people think, like, you know, with that post. You, it, it was a vulnerable post. And like I said earlier, if you put yourself out there online, you never know what, what's going to come back. But it was overwhelmingly positive. So it was worth the risk.
0: I had a coach say to me once, like, why are you trying to make every single person like you? Not even Jesus did that. <laughs> thought <laughs> oh, that was such a good I'm not particularly religious but I did think that was a really beautiful way of phrasing it
1: and a natural people pleaser I relate to that so
0: exactly it's good to be reminded sometimes right like
1: it is and I think Michelle it is it's Michelle Obama who talks about it in her becoming where she says you know if you have an opinion publicly you will have stadiums of people that disagree with you and that is just part of the deal that's yeah. just it it's no different for anyone else everyone is the same with it it's just what you have to deal with
0: and it's so tempting to not or it's so tempting to try and sit on the fence and walk the perfect middle line to find the perfect opinion that no one can take offense with but what you end up having to be is so bland and banal you end up being like a bowl of plain white rice because surely no one can be offended by that but it also tastes of nothing and it's no one's favorite food
1: and again, then you're not being seen, you're not feeling seen, and I doubt that any you're having much you know if we're talking about growth and stuff like that, people just will not connect to that in the in the same way. It's not worth it. It's always better for be you and do you, yeah,
0: because it's so dishonest to who you are as a human to deny your to deny your own opinions to deny your own likes and dislikes because you think they won't be accepted and i really believe that does harm on like a deep psychological level when we do it repeatedly
1: most definitely and that you people who are taking that in online will feel that as well and it will just fall so flat it's not it's not even worth
0: it it's not worth anyone's energy so i want to ask you a bit more about youtube this is my own personal curiosity now because i really love your blog your blogs with v um And I know that you're someone, we've had conversations before about like self image and of being a woman and being on camera and all of those thoughts. How hard or easy did you find starting that as a project? So you're talking to camera a lot of the time and you're filming yourself as you go about your day to day life, which means, you know, sometimes there might be mess behind you or sometimes like your hair might be out of place.
1: It was very, very scary in the beginning. if anyone, like, watches the first vlog that I ever did, it's basically, like, just outtakes of me going, hello, hello, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my YouTube channel. It's, <laughs> like, building up to do it. <laughs> but again, I felt, I'd felt so inspired. I'd watched loads of Vlogmases that Christmas or that December before and you know again it's like the blog you're watching stuff and getting all g up and thinking like I could do this yeah. I think I could do this I really want to do this can I do this I'm gonna try it um and I just did it I just sort of ripped the band-aid off but I've been again about building up I'd had my blog for years I'd been on Instagram for years I started talking on Instagram stories I'd, I was used to all that stuff it just felt like the next like a a next step
0: yeah the next Um, next level in the video game of social
1: media but interestingly going back to the perfectionist in me I I was like okay I need like the best vlogging camera for this I need to make the videos as perfect as possible and if you go back to my early ones they're much more edited they're much more graded Whereas this last Vlogmas that I did, I literally just didn't care. I'd got like a little Canon G7X and barely put a filter on it. Um, it's a process. You just, you just get used to it. Yeah.
0: And was that because, was that born from the responses you got, realising that it didn't matter as much to everyone else? Or was that just, sometimes it's just born from practicality as well. Like you just oh, I can't be bothered anymore. It's taking me three days to edit one.
1: Yeah. I think it was I think it came from just finding my feet building building my own confidence and building a connection with a real community on there where when I pick up the camera I know who I'm speaking to now it's not I'm not speaking into an empty void whereas that first video that I did I had zero literally zero subscribers I didn't and I knew some people might come over from Instagram and say hello, but they're very different audiences. Mm. So I knew this was a whole new bunch of people. It was, yeah, like um, a hypothetical
0: audience at that point. Like
1: Yeah. I, I literally just didn't know and I didn't know what my channel wanted to, what I wanted it to look like, what kind of stuff I wanted to do. Again, it was a bit of an experiment, but I got so bored with Instagram. I was ready for something new and excited to do something new and to to meet new people and it's been like huge in terms of Instagram growth for me most people now find me via YouTube that's amazing
0: when you say you're bored of Instagram was that bored of the challenge of Instagram bored of it because of changes they've made
1: I just feel like it like we said earlier I'd love to go back to those early days Mm. I feel like the human the humanity of it has has dwindled in favor of pleasing the algorithm and I don't feel like you can express when well, you can because we've got reels and we've got talking to camera on stories and video now you can but I just feel like it's a different level of connection mm. on YouTube through video you know for someone to commit to watching you for 15-20 minutes yeah that's a big commitment compared to you know what what we talk about especially with your insta retreat where you've got seconds to get someone's Mm. attention it's a totally Um, different world game it's similar to a
0: podcast actually because like yeah someone's gonna listen
1: yeah very similar um and I think you know it was probably me again craving that that deeper that deeper connection with people and I just feel so lucky and so grateful to have found it and it's strange because again the perfectionism thing it's like yeah you know you find find a few people in the beginning and then you build in confidence like they they boost your confidence it's it's all this like it has to be there's so many cogs in the machine what I'm trying to say and they're they're all Mm. dependent on one another and you can't grow whatever it is that you're wanting to grow without these other these people who are just everything in terms of of what you're doing online and the stereotypical but also not stereotypical like success of that of making something that's genuinely meaningful yes they are they are what matter and the idea that they can you know boost you and inspire you to create it's just that's that's the way that it's that it's worked
0: for me over there it is magic and it is also it a is really magic. fine line between validation, like validation gets a bad rap online, right? Yeah, everyone's just seeking validation. Mm. But like, yeah, yeah, we are because we're humans. That's what we like.
1: (laughs) Validate me, please. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I always think a degree of validation is not a bad thing, especially if you're someone who's never received validation for a certain type of work in your life. Like for me, I'd only ever had like my family criticizing my photography and then I put it on Instagram and other people really liked it. And I needed that in order to believe that I could go anywhere with it so it can be a really helpful leg up like you're saying for YouTube but there's got to be also be a point where you're able to be detached enough from what everyone else thinks to still stay true to your own creativity and that balance I think that's a balance that we find by kind of going too far one way too far the other way and gradually find the middle point yeah
1: definitely I can so relate to what you said about, you know, the the validation side of it. Like I remember when I first started my blog and those early days, they're so, so vulnerable and it's such a scary thing to do. And someone in my family saying to me, I hope you're not just copying people. I'm sure I've read this before. I was like, oh, No, please don't say that to me.
0: Isn't it fascinating how people's brains go straight to these things? This is good. Oh, I can't possibly... It can't possibly be hers. This is too Mm. good. That's, like, my family's go-to. Or I was just told it was too cringy. They still think it's too cringy. We don't speak about my work. It's like Mm. it just doesn't... It's the elephant in the room whenever I see anyone from my
1: family. Yeah. It's it's so, so strange um, how these things can be perceived by families and stuff. And you just know... But if it was something that was celebrated within that family culture, it would be totally different.
0: Exactly. And, and that's why that validation from people is so important, because if you've not had it, if you've only had the opposite, why would you ever think your work was worth sharing? Like, why Why would you bother? and I've spoken to people, uh, there's an episode with Maria that's either going to have been the one just before you or the one after you, and she talks about, she she's a painter, she literally hid her art in the back of cupboards because she was so yeah. embarrassed or shy or mm-hmm. afraid of judgment. And then eventually she started, she took the Instagram she started to show it on Instagram, and she's got this, like, huge following. She was able to quit her job within a year
1: because her amazing. art's
0: phenomenal. But of oh course, like...
1: Makes me feel so excited when you tell me stories like this. And this is why you and I, I think, are so encouraging of other people. Like, it genuinely fills me with such joy. Completely. And like, we go out of our way to just say, You're doing so well. This is amazing. I love this. Like, we need more of that. Online people lifting each other up because it makes such a difference to people. Hundred percent,
0: and I do genuinely believe we all have our own version of that that's available and possible. Just sometimes yeah. it's sometimes you're lucky enough to find it first go. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to try like twenty things before you find the one that fits into your jigsaw puzzle. But yeah. it it does start with self belief, and if that self belief's not there then you kind of need someone else to believe in you to go. And I think for her, it was the Insta Retreat and everyone in the community saying, these are amazing, post them, post them. Yeah. And you do it and you feel sick and you go and hide under a duvet and then you come back and no one's attacked you and maybe someone's been nice and gradually you build up that tolerance and you build up that self-belief. And then there's a point where it's a bit like when you're having driving lessons and then the instructor's like, right, your turn now. I'm not going to do the pedals anymore anymore. And you're in full control of the car and you have to let go of everyone else's opinions being the scaffolding that holds you up.
1: Yeah. And that comes naturally again, like it is like learning to drive, isn't it? There's no linear path. You need someone there to, you know, help you along. And eventually you build experience and strength and self-belief where you can you can drive. And some people pass first time
0: and some people take six goes. Mm but it doesn't mean one's a better driver than the other or that someone's Absolutely going to get not. somewhere
1: faster. No. Oh, my gosh. I'm just having flashbacks of you driving.
0: <laughs> Me driving? Yeah. Are you suggesting I'm a bad you... driver,
1: Jessica? <laughs> you know what kind of driver you are, sir. <laughs> i'm having flashbacks of us like flying over the hills in yorkshire in that little gorgeous little car of yours <laughs> and be hanging onto the seat <laughs> i'm very confident With driver. Your joy. i'm a very your joy <laughs> it was such fun. <laughs> when you know the
0: roads very well you do you do get confident on them in a way that <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> um and we do we need those groups and we need people to believe in us and I think I hope that that's the future of the internet that you know going back to what we were saying earlier that you can connect with people who are like you it doesn't have to be someone who's already doing what you want to do it can just be you know like in the insta retreat which is such a golden group of people with similar desires and at similar or did loads of different stages but people that can connect and really lift each other up it's such a beautiful thing.
0: I'll often say to people like when you say who they're so caught up in comparison or they're so caught up in like someone's got more numbers than me and I'll always say to them, who do you follow? And they'll just list off like all of their industry competitors. And the best thing you can do is just mute all of them and go and find people that just see the world the way you see it. Even if their, ca- their account is about like Steps, the band, or I don't even know, like Slime. Just go and find the people who light you up because you're going to learn so much more from how you respond to their content than you will ever learn from trying to be the same as everybody else
1: there's no point in trying to do that what a boring thing if everyone was the same anyway who who wants to be be the same and even if you were like we were saying about the copying thing you're never going to be the original you need to you need to do things your own way of which there is loads of scope loads more than you can even imagine to do that and be yourself and be okay with that and you will then inspire that in other people
0: so it sounds like the book is going to help us with this, with this mission.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's related. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it all ties together. Have you got advice for someone who's listening to this and sort of recognising their own patterns or their own fears and wants to try and connect more with the person they are and, and to test this idea that maybe who you are is already enough?
1: <laughs> yeah, you're stuck. no. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I have no advice for you. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh, what a huge question! I think it comes down to again learning to use the word no. Yeah. And
0: what if we don't want to do that though?
1: Just <laughs> <You've got laughs> to not an easier way. It's They're the not... case of what you want more, Sarah.
0: Because yeah. those
1: paths are both paths are available, and so many people walk in ignorant bliss mm. and I'm fine with that like that that's the way the world works at the minute most people are on this path this trajectory where they think you know they believe all this stuff that they're told by the media and consumerism that we're not enough as we are and that if we have this this and this an Instagram followers come into that now yeah completely. And an Instagram account is now one of those things whereas it just used to be a family and a house and a paid off mortgage and <sighs> you know a degree from this university that will make you happy and most people will never do the deep work of uncovering what it is that they actually want what they actually desire they're happy to just well they're not happy I don't think many of them but who knows they're just carrying on and they're they're not interested in in doing anything else and both are available All I can say is that from my personal experience, the richer journey is to stop, ask a few questions, try and be a little bit braver, a little bit more intentional, and to honour yourself in a way that you are so worthy of. And what is on the other side of that is so much better than where you're headed right now. But it's up to you. it is it comes down to what you want more, yeah, because some people are happy with that. Some people aren't. And I think you know, like I knew at that time in my life, i am I am not happy. this is not this is not for me. And I like I had such a physical reaction to that nine to five job. And I mm. think if anyone's listening that is the same, you'll know which kind of person you are, and you'll probably be able to point out people that you know in life as to which kind of person yeah they are and it's a case of what you want more
0: you're more tolerant of the other side of it than maybe I am because I kind of feel like we're at this point now where the planet cannot sustain us all continuing to live in that state of I'll just buy something else and I'll feel and I know you're far more active in the sustainability world than I am I have to say like especially as my health has worsened my reliance on things like Amazon has increased which is not great but even and I a
1: very non judgmental of sustainability, then as well. It's like, well, that's it's the whole of the subject that I could talk to you yeah, about.
0: Yeah, it's a nightmare because <laughs> we're all part of the problem and we're all part oh of the system. Gosh, and yeah. Ugh. but yeah, the, the planet can't sustain this level of us all trying to buy our is way that? out of
1: misery. And I don't even think the human brain can sustain this pressure. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean about the happiness like, it, it, it's not happiness, it's fulfillment, which is I think is actually so much more important and realistic in life it's ignorant bliss it's blind it's not even bliss though, is it? it's ignorant not okayness. really as someone has been there it's vile so you have to ask yourself like what's you know what is worth more do do i learn to be a little bit more uncomfortable and see where that goes and my advice is do it like find people to hold your hand while you do it buy my book that'll that'll hopefully hold your hand as you do it um Buy the book. Yeah, this is one thing you should
0: buy. But it's all right because paper is renewable. (laughs) Whenever I think of... Whenever I have these kind of conversations, I think about what if my dad was listening? Dad, I love you. But um, he is someone who is very deeply mired in the idea that you work a nine-to-five job, you never take sick days, you're lazy. If you don't want to work a nine-to-five job, you're, like, morally deficient. What's wrong with you? And... Like, don't go buy... Like, he's, he's quite disapproving of us wanting to buy a French house because it's just not, you know, it's not on the sheet. It's not on the sheet of how to live a good life. We should be saving for a loft conversion or something. And yeah. I think about how he would react to this. And I do think, like, he is someone who has missed out. He is a brilliant man and he is so creative and he's so passionate about so many things. And he hasn't had the opportunity to explore all that he could have explored so far in his life because he's been so constrained by these rules of how to be a good little worker bee. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're talking about. It's freedom. It's freedom to experience everything that life has to offer, the good stuff and the crap stuff and everything in between.
1: It is. that it, It's missing out on that richer, richer journey and that coming home to yourself and experiencing all the wonders of being the unique beautiful you you're depriving yourself of that and at someone else's cost it's 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 sad to me yeah. it's really really sad but I can also really really relate to it
0: Hundred and I think
1: it's a huge huge problem and you know it's one of the reasons I wanted to to write the book to to share my own story
0: yeah and I know there are so many people out there kind of seeking for this and and So many of us who are are picking up on things not being right, I think COVID has shown people like the work world can't sustain itself that way anymore and really kind of open people's eyes to different things. And in fact, my dad now says like he he regrets the fact that he never took a single day off sick because he's like, it didn't make any difference. I didn't get paid more. No one ever thanked me. Like I I went in when I was feeling awful. And yeah, I think the change happens slowly, but it's this realisation that we come to that... We've been told a lot of things in our lives that we don't, we've been told a lot of things in our lives that aren't necessarily true, and we have to kind of take them all out and put them on the table in front of us and choose which ones we put back in our heads.
1: And we get to choose. We forget how much control and choice we actually have because we're constantly told that we are smaller and more powerless than we actually are in terms, you know, in terms of our own life. It's so interesting to me that your dad's had that recently because. Have you read the book about the five biggest regrets of the dying? No, I have seen it, but I've not read it. I haven't read it, but I got, I had this bit I had a bit of a anxiety crisis over Christmas and New Year. And I was, I was reading, there's a really good article on it, which basically like sums everything up. But it's definitely a book that I want to read. And what I basically did was like flip them around and created like a little rule book for myself. Ah. Um, but one of them is, to people regret working too hard so one of the things on my rule book is don't work too hard interesting right because no
0: one gets to the end of their life and go god I just wish I'd spent more hours at my desk Mm -mm. no way (laughs) yeah it's so true and also like just the, the whole idea that because so many people are struggling with how hard we're expected to work now And then we go to the doctors and we take medications that are designed to help us continue to work too hard and push ourselves past our own limitations instead of being allowed to say, actually, this is too much and I'm going to stop. And I know there'll be people listening saying, well, it's a privilege to say I can't do a nine to five. Not everyone has the ability to do that. Some people have to do more than nine to five. And that Mm -hmm. is absolutely true. And I think it's completely broken. I think that the fact that there are people out there who are working themselves sick just to survive shows how far off track we've got and I completely agree the wealth is there in the world to just care for everybody but it has to start with really basic changes like us all acknowledging when we are crossing those lines ourselves
1: yeah and to stop expecting ourselves to not be a human yes that's it that's it we're not robots that that is all that we can be and you you think back to how you know this plan for people used to go with um you know i'm going back to like industrial revolution and even up to like you know 50s and 60s where just one person went out to work and like everything that we could expect and afford was built around that expectation Mm. and then you throw you know more freedom and opportunities for women in there and we haven't assessed that in a very human kind of way we've just added more expectation to it oh well she can go out to work as well so now we can have three holidays yeah a year. That now, be now your cool. kitchen
0: needs replacing every three years yeah and-
1: it's just and it's like where does it end where does it end it's a very 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 scary scary prospect but I personally, I think there's a there's another choice. There is another option.
0: Well, and it gives me so much hope to have conversations like this, to see books like yours going out into the world, because I do think this is how it starts, or this is at least how one part of the movement starts. I know there's other areas where people are pushing back against the different facets of kind of this hyper capitalist world we've created, and yeah, I think it's I think it's important work that's e- easily overlooked. The same for things like minimalism, and I know you and I both share. A real love for kind of creating a space around you that feels like home and feels like it reflects what's inside of you and things that are so easily derided or dismissed as being frivolous.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's so
0: deeply rooted within us. Mm-hmm.
1: No, absolutely agree with that.
0: So, Jess, what has the last year or so taught you?
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> this last year has been probably the biggest year of um of learning for me, essential learning. Um with writing the book, it's taught me that like I'm capable of things that I never thought were possible. That has been I remember when I'd finished the first draft and I sent it off and I told my friend that I'd done it. And she was like, you need to just take a minute to sit down and let it soak in that you've just done something a year ago you never thought you could do and I just so sat and cute. cried I was like you're right oh my gosh you know when you like when you prove that to yourself yeah. it's such a huge thing um I've also learned about boundaries this last year and mm. you know going back to you know you're saying about learning to use the word no and by before this year I thought my boundaries were really really solid but Mm. they've never been never been tested the way that they have this last year um and I think that's interesting with boundaries how it there are different layers to them and when it comes to family especially it's a whole different game um so yeah I've learned most definitely that I need to um that I need to to work on that but just in, you know, in writing the, the book again and personally what I've been through, I think the main thing is that enough is a decision. Yeah, I love that. Enough is a choice yeah. that we get to make. It's a choice that we get to make. We get to choose and we get to choose when. And that has, that's given me a lot of hope and a, it's made me feel quite, powerful and p- quite grounded again Yeah. where I once felt completely you know knocked off my feet like I've always felt like a person who knows where I'm going and always has the next target yeah. inside and I lived like that for so long it was like okay what's next what's next what's next and it used to be on that very stereotypical trajectory that we've you know we've spoken about earlier Mm. like oh what what holiday next which place next how many followers next um how big a house next what job promotion next and then it all shifted to more intentional um personal things but that's just in my nature to be quite like that anyway quite driven and and forward-looking yeah but this last year has been the first time in my life where i couldn't i couldn't see the next thing and like it's terrifying. i felt it's absolutely terrifying <laughs> it's so disorientating because every time i got back up to try and focus on the next target i was spinning and i'd fall over again yeah and that's just been so so scary but it's also been important i think to sit in that uncertainty and that unknown and I'm still you know I'm still kind of sat there and there's it's actually quite freeing it's quite a freeing place to be
0: it sounds it and I watch you you know I watch your YouTube videos and I see you decorating your new little house and you know living this this different life to the one that you expected to be living maybe a year ago you've got your new little puppy you've got your book out in the world and I just can't think of a better way for you to be living the message of your book like this is probably a a classroom for you as much as it is um, like a, a place to be right now you're probably learning as you go but it's so helpful to see it in action to see someone recognizing their enoughness and owning it and struggling with it, and finding it again, and then losing it, and finding it, because that's how it works, that's how, that's the work we're all being asked to do, all the time, and yeah, I find it really inspiring.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly what I talk about in the book, about how we do need to live from this place of enough, and being enough, as we are right now, but that is not easy, like, that's easy for me to just write out, yeah, put it in a book and tell people hey this is what you need to do but to actually live that day in day out in real life is really really difficult and you know there are going to be times of huge despair there are going to be setbacks but that's all part of it but fundamentally that core if we can stand on that core belief then we always have solid ground to to stand back up on
0: amen to that Mm. jessica where can people find you online
1: oh all over the place um <laughs> <laughs> my blog is jessicarosewilliams.com and i think i'm that everywhere actually my my youtube is jessica rose williams mm. and my instagram is too
0: Awesome. I will link to everything in the show notes as well, especially your book for people to buy, because it will be out in the world by the time they oh, hear this. Oh, God. Thank you so much for sharing so openly with us and helping us on our path to enoughness. Should be <laughs> a word. Thank
1: you for having me. <laughs> you
0: should. Show notes for this episode are at meandallet.co.uk forward slash podcast 107. I've included a link to Jess's book in there, as well as all of her accounts and different pages and to my Insta-retreat class, for anyone who was thinking that might be a good fit for them. Also, just gonna low-key mention this, but we are currently struggling to sort out financing for the French semi-dilapidated farmhouse I want to buy. And so if you buy the Insta-retreat now, you'd be doing me a favor because (laughs) every little helps right now. So yeah, I'm just saying something to consider. Okay, I hope you are having a wonderful day and go on to enjoy the rest of your week. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and I'll be fluttering around online in the meantime. So hopefully see you there. Have a good one.